Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special returning guest this episode is a gentleman named David Pearson, CEO, Level 5 Selling from sunny San Diego, California. Level 5 Selling are the developers of the Level 5 Selling Program and the Level 5 Coaching System. While David has spent a good portion of his career in sales and leadership performance roles, he is a true practitioner. Prior to joining Level 5, he held sales uh, for one of the largest industrial staffing providers, TrueBlue, where he was responsible for a $1.6 billion, folks, billion-dollar business unit with over 1,000 sellers. He also held roles as COO of Vistage, the largest CEO executive coaching organization, and led the sales channel for Miller Hyman. We've all heard of Miller Hyman, a very well-known sales uh, consulting firm. David has seen and experienced firsthand what it takes to drive growth and is passionate about the role of the sales leader in improving quality sales calls and output. David's words, frontline sales leaders, make it or break it for your success. The focus of this week's episode is how can you leverage your sales leaders as coaches to drive performance at the sales interaction level. David, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Hey, Fian. I always find great value in your podcast and your guests and your insights, and I'm honored to be back here with you. It's great that you made the time. I know you're busy. You've got, you've got a lot going on. And so on behalf of the listener, before we bounce in, uh, thanks, David, for taking the time and, and again, sharing your, your deep and successful wisdom with, with all of us today. Uh, David, why do you, like this, I, this is always top of mind for me, why do you believe the key to sales growth, right, sales growth, lies in the frontline sales leaders? And, and maybe you could expand a little bit on what results you're seeing. Yeah, thank you, Ian. There's no doubt that our frontline sales leaders will make, make or break our success. If you're going to invest money, invest money in your frontline sales leaders. I spent a good portion of my career working for one of the largest sales training consulting companies that you mentioned, and we work with some of the largest global brands out there. But while that IP, that IP is some of the best I know. I mean, it is, it is outstanding. But so many of the implementations just didn't get the results that people expected. And I think the reason why is, is that people, would, they go, they, they get excited, they learn, and they go back to their old ways pretty quickly. Those that did really well, they focus on their leadership and their coaching and how are they going to drive it and make it happen. And I learned that, look, sales training alone doesn't get results. You have to get the sales leaders engaged in doing the right things. And they will lift the, uh, the entire organization. Um, you look, I, I, I love this story. And if, if, if you're okay with me telling this, my, my daughter went to, uh, she went to CU Boulder. She graduated from high school, went to Boulder. And uh, last year, I went to family weekend to the football game. And I paid $55 a ticket for the football game. Uh, game. And this year I go to Boulder and I, I go to buy my tickets and they're $225 a seat for it. Well, what happened? They hired this guy named Deion Sanders, who's uh, a, <laughs> <don't know. laughs> he's very well known, you know, Hall of Fame football yep. player. He's, uh, you know, considered one of the best coaches out there. The reality is he's expected to turn the team around and make them a winning team. And, and he's doing that. It's the same thing in business. That guy will win wherever he goes. And the same thing in business. Great sales leaders will win wherever they go. We got to develop them and build them up. Love what you're saying there. And I so agree with what you said, David. Like, we've all been through the training. We had the two days, maybe the three days, and we got that gorgeous binder. 
and it goes on our shelf next to the other binders we've been collecting all of our careers. And what good is it on the shelf? It needs to end up in behavior. And without a coach, it's just a, it's just reference material. The odd keener might implement some of it, but the coach is what puts the game to play and makes it happen and creates uh, behavior. I love the uh, standard story, like 55 to 20. <laughs> there you go. There's an ROI on what they're paying in as a coach. I, I'm sure. <laughs> and, it, and it begs the question, David, you know, I, assessing like every sale, every sales leader uh, is wired differently. We're, we are all different human beings with different experiences and industry experience or, or, you know, our characteristics, our personalities. So they, they, this makes me think, when a, when a leader takes over a new sales team, and, and I've done this, and I know you have as well, uh, how do you recommend they go about assessing their coaching abilities? Yeah, Ian, I found that, it, this, is, this is my story, and I bet it's your story and a lot of listeners' stories too. I was a, I was a great salesperson. I got promoted into a sales leadership role, and nobody ever taught me how to coach. And so I did whatever I thought was right. And now I look back and I say, a lot of that wasn't right. And you, you learn the hard way. And so I think that, you know, when you do it right, you see results. And you asked me a question a minute ago about the results we see. Like when we, when we really focus on this, we see results in our clients in 90 days. I mean, it, it's fast. But I, I'd like to share with you a model on how you can take a look at it. And it, it gets you thinking about it differently because I think a lot of sales leaders haven't thought about this. But what we found is there are five levels to a really, um, to a strong sales leader. And it, when you think about this, think about where you fall or where, where managers you know fall, because I think you'll find it interesting. But the first level is, is that, you know, level one is it's a, a buddy. And this is where the sales leader comes in. They believe that uh, if the team likes me, they'll perform for me. And so they don't really get any type of coaching because as long as the team likes me, they're going to perform. And the reality is that's not going to work at all. And they figure that out pretty quickly. But, um, you know, you see that a lot when you hire a new sales leader into a role and they were a salesperson. Now they're, they were peers before. Now they're the boss. So you see that mm -hmm. happening. And that's a level one. You'll see them migrate and they'll move to level two. And a level two is a, a parent. And this is where they put their arms around their team. They're overly protective of them. It's kind of that um, my baby's not ugly syndrome. And you'll see them um, you know, sometimes when somebody on their team is not performing well, they'll, they'll start doing some of the job for them to help prop them up. Just kind of like we would with our kids. They're not doing well. We want to help them. You'll mm -hmm. see, you'll, they'll figure that doesn't work. And you'll see them migrate to be a level three. And a level three is a boss. And a boss is, hey, let me tell you, this is how you need to do the job. I've done it before. Do it exactly the way I tell you. Don't deviate from it. This is the process. It's kind of the my way or the highway type of approach. And, you know, you really stifle innovation when that happens. And, and when they fail, whose fault is it? It's not, not the salesperson's fault. I'm doing what my boss told me to do. Um, you know, and, and that's the boss. That's a level three leader. Now, there's really, in, in those first three levels, there's pretty high turnover and, and lower levels of engagement. When you get to level four, though, that's, that's where the first level of professional coaching is, where you have an expert coach. And an expert coach is doing things like um, they've done the job before. They know what they're doing. They provide great feedback. They spend about 80% of their time uh, telling you what to do and about 20% of the time asking you questions and listening. And the reality is we can learn a lot from a, an expert coach. But Ian, where the magic happens here is when you get that level five, which is the professional uh, or uh, performance partner. And when you get the performance partner, uh, what they're doing now is they are spending 80% of their time asking questions and 20% of their time 
telling people what they need to do. But you're, you're asking questions. And, and why is that so important? Because when you do, when, when you ask, you ask the right questions to people and they can't answer the questions, they don't want that to happen again. And so they're more likely to learn and take it on. And what you find is people will change very quickly when they're being led as a performance partner. I had that happen with a leader in my career and I grew more than I ever thought possible um, with him. But I, I tell you, I spent a lot of time preparing because I didn't want to be asked the question I didn't know. And so when you ask about assessing, to me, having a model like that is really helpful because a lot of times we haven't thought about it and it gives us a chance to think, oh, you know, I'm probably operating in a, you know, a level two or three and I really need to figure out how to get up to that level, level four and five, especially level five. So that can be a great way to assess and also something at the end that, that will help people, a little tool that will help them. I, th- I think that's wonderfully said. It's almost like a, a ladder or staircase, right? That the, that you look at, and you can see how some of these levels, David, aren't sustainable. And I, I guess we could be at different levels with different people as well. It's not a one size fits all. You, I remember my old days at Apple. I went from being a, a successful sales guy and uh, got the, the corner office, the branch manager job, and. Uh, the, the first thing I said to myself, why did I want this job? <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. right? And did they prepare me? Did, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, Apple were, were deep enough in culture and, and pocket that they developed their people. But had that not happened, I, I fear the worst. I, I totally do. It's, it, it, it's a huge leap, and it really isn't. You and I have talked about this offline over the, over the years, that companies often take their best salesperson and promote them to the corner office. And not only have they done taken that great sales performance off the street, put it behind a desk, they haven't tooled or prepared or trained this new leader to do a different job. I, I like what you said about level two's parenting. I think sales management uh, and, and, and selling, I mean, parenting has more in common with selling and sales management. It really does. <laughs> so David's, David's levels, again, for everyone, level one is the buddy driven by wanting to be liked. Level two is parenting, protective as we'd all be parents. The boss, I'll tell you how it's done. Go and do what I say and you'll be fine. None of those are really sustainable. Level four, expert coach provided on feedback, but it's 2080 feedback. Where we all want to get to sales leaders out there is performance partnership, where 80% of the time we're asking questions, listening to the feedback, having dialogue and conversation and collaboration. So wonderfully said. And I guess, David, in summary around that, some some sales leaders, managers, directors, whatever labels we all use, are more challenged than others at getting there. So many leaders, you know, talk about coaching. Yeah, 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 I'm all about it. I drank the Kool-Aid. Yet so many fail to execute. So, David, in your experience, and, and, and your experience is better than mine at this, what are the challenges that prevent coaching from actually occurring. Well, first, Ian, you are a great listener. What an excellent recap you just gave. Thank you for that. So you're, you're right. People talk about coaching all the time. And they say, oh, yeah, so one of our top initiatives is to coach. And, and they just fail to execute. It happens all the time. Uh, I think there's three things that, that really stand in the way. Three things I see that stand in the way. One is, is, is they'll say, well, there's not enough time. I don't have time to be coaching. Uh, it, it's, it's number one. And I say that, from a time perspective, when I ask people, sales leaders, how much time are you spending coaching? They'll tell me, oh, I spend 40% of my time coaching, 30, 40%. They'll give me a number. And I'll say, well, let me ask you a question. Um, let, let me define coaching for you. And you know, it's, it's really any time spent 
face to face or phone to phone with an individual, really, you know, you, you've got a gap from uh, with your folks, you know, where you're leveraging their strengths and you're looking at areas that you can develop this and focusing on those skills that you can develop. And when you give them the full definition, what we find is, is that really that number goes from 40% down into like 10 or 15%. And the reality is, is that all we want to do is, I don't want to take more time. People just need to be more planful in their approach and, and using their time properly. And so that's the big thing that we help change. But so time is the number one thing that prevents people. The second thing that I see is it's failure to identify what good looks like. <clears throat> I know it sounds crazy. But we find that most sales leaders, when we ask them to individually, we'll go in the same company and we'll, we'll grab the sales leaders and we'll say, I want you to individually define, write down, what is a quality sales interaction? What does it look like? And we'll get the answers. And you know what we get? Get answers all over the board, different answers for every person. That's a big issue. I mean, how are you going to achieve quality if your sales leaders can't agree on it? So you have to have a definition of what that looks like. The third thing that I see that it causes failure is, um, People are just reactive. So they're, they're providing coaching, <clears throat> but they're reactive and they're, they're, they're doing it in, on, on the spot and they're not being planful in how they go about, about coaching. And what really truly drives success is you are, you are focusing on um, individual skills that you can help develop in a person. And look, if, if you give me 10 things to work on, I'm not going to do any of them well. Give me one or two things to work on. I can work on mm. it, practice it over and over again. And when I perfect it, you can add more on. That's what drives success. Love what you said. I, I, the first and foremost, not enough time. I heard that all over the place. And, and it, it, it changed right into what you described, David, the definition of coaching. Oh, yeah. I talked to my sales rep in Seattle the other day. Yeah. What you ask them? Well, I asked him what his, you know, 30, 60, 90 day forecast was, and that was called a coaching call. Well, no, it wasn't. That was you fishing for information to, to feed it up the food chain. So definition of coaching, I think it all needs to start there is what I'm hearing from you. And then that agreement, that consistency on what good looks like. Because good in Chicago might not be good in San Diego or good in Chicago, in New York. I mean, we have to agree on what the playbook is and what we're aiming for, right? And then reactive. Um, it can't be reactive. Coaching is a profession. It needs to be proactive. Of course, you should invest in coaching and your skill set, your abilities, and you should invent, create coaching moments in your week, in your day, in your month. It shouldn't be a Band-Aid. It needs to be a behavior. And I think that's really what you're, what you're underscoring and there's a lot of there's a lot of areas to get good at coaching, David. I'm sure you would agree with this. So, trying to pick a few, like how do you recommend sales leaders identify and focus on specific skills, right? Specific that would improve the performance of the salesperson, right? Ian, you were talking a minute ago about understanding that quality and, and what does that look like. You know, the leaders need to know it, of course, but the salespeople need to know it. What, what does good look like to me? And, you know, we have two models, and I'll share with you the second model. You need to make your sales leaders level five sales leaders, those performance partners. And then what are they coaching to? You need to coach to quality. And so if you think about the quality, we've defined five levels of a quality sales interaction. What does that look like? And this can help you identify where your salespeople are and how you can move them. And so these five levels are, the, the first one is, and we found that, think of the individual sales calls this way, but we found that level one is a, 
it's a professional visitor. They think about this. They believe that it's all about the relationship. Friends buy from friends. If they like me, they're going to buy from me. And they tend to know more about the, the, their contacts kids than they do about their, their boss or other people <laughs> in the organization. <laughs> so you see that, you know, you hear people, oh, we're, I'm developing a relationship. Well, great. But we got to go beyond that. I mean, we know that's important. We have to do more. Um, so that's level one sales problem. Level two is a, is a, a price seller. So these are people who say, hey, what are you paying now? I can get the same thing for a better price. Um, sometimes they're actually trying to have a really good conversation and the customer drags them to price and they don't know how to bring it back and have a get back into a value discussion and they get stuck in that pricing area. Um, you got level three, which is a technical teller. And this is where they say, let me tell you why we're unique, why we're different, why we're the best, why you should care. Uh, let me get my PowerPoint presentation out. It's all about selling. And, you know, we found, uh, Ian, in our research that about 60% of sales calls that occur are scrap and waste. They just don't move the buying process forward. I mean, it's crazy. And so they don't move the buying process forward. Most of that happens in level one, two, and three. When you get to level four, first of all, we're professional selling. It's a professional uh, a, a product service consultant. And that is, you know, they're doing what you'd expect, asking good questions, understanding what's important to the customer. They're linking back a solution. They're differentiating. They're gaining commitment. Um, but the, they're, they're really trying to find a fit for their solution and not going beyond that. Um, when you get to level five, you're now a value creator. You're going beyond finding a fit for your solution. You're understanding their business in a much broader perspective, how you can help them to achieve their goals. You're bringing insights to the table. You're shaping their thinking. Uh, that's when you're truly a value creator. So why I share that with you is, you know, the question was about um, focusing on specific skills because what happens is, is that we can assess each of our individual sales calls. I might walk out of a sales call and go, man, I just had a level three sales call. I'm not a level three seller, but I know where I went wrong and I know what skills I need to improve upon to execute more level four and five calls. And that's the beautiful thing about having that foundation of what quality looks like. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. That's how, folks, listeners, you can identify and then focus on the weak links in the chain. Uh, so again, the, the, the five, the, the first one, I, I use this, con uh, th this label in my training, David, no surprise, the professional visitor, right? Uh, well, I buy people lunch. Uh, they, they like my swag. They'll go to the ball game with me. Yeah, but uh, what have you sold lately? Where, where's the value in what you're trying to do? You're just the professional visitor. No one wants to stay there for long. Level two, the price seller. So still avoiding, and best price wins, you know, a race no one wants to win. Uh, the, the, the word value is not there. Value equals cost in that model. Instead of value equals benefit minus cost. Then there's the teller. And I, I like how you said 60%. That's, I call that show up, throw up, hope somebody buys something, right? You got PowerPoint to help you tell your story. It's spray and pray. It's all over the place. Then we get to level four. Now it's got hope. Now it's got future, which is professional selling. And you're, you've got questions. You're, you're thinking solution, but you're still on the hunt. You've still got your own, you know what I mean? Your, your own objective that's coming first to the table, which is after this discussion, I'm going to get this person to buy something. Instead of going right to level five, which is the value creator, right? Now you're the advisor. Half of the discussion you're having with this person is how else can you help them with their business pains, their business challenges without selling them anything. You might have advice or other pieces of your network, people, other things that could help add value there. And now you're a trusted advisor. And that's where we all want to live. It truly is. Like, David, you've got like 
huge, huge insights here. Like, what are some top tips? And I know, I mean, I, I probably need to stay in your class for a couple of days, but what are some of the top tips you would give a sales leader who is starting on their sales coaching journey? And folks, it is a journey. It's not a pill. It's not a two-day course. It's a journey. And maybe if you could expand a little bit, because not everyone's got a sales leader, right, David? So how can salespeople maybe self-coach themselves if they don't have that, you know, that mentor, that coach that's helping them? Yeah, thanks, Ian. And I'd love to sit through your courses, too. <laughs> but take, from a sales leader perspective, first, sales leaders understand that great sales leaders will drive great performance. So focusing on leadership first is, would be my, my first suggestion. And with the right tools, there's no doubt uh, leaders will elevate the sales force better than any traditional training out there. So, you know, we've determined that there are 40 key skills that it takes to be a level five sales leader. And, you know, we all have different, you know, we all have different strengths. We all have different areas that we need developing. Where, where you're really good, I, I may not be. And where I need help, you, you may be really good at that. You know, so it's, it's different for all of us. And so that's why coaching is important that we, we focus on the, those individual skills. And we don't overwhelm, as I was talking about earlier. Focus on a couple of key skills that you can develop at a time. Practice it. Work with them. Get better at it. And then add to it. Um, and you just, you just need a simple and measurable process for coaching. Now, your question about, I think your second question, uh, if I remember right, was about salespeople. And they, maybe they don't have a leader. Um, right. When they yeah. understand the levels of a quality sales call, uh, and if they have a leader, it can be reinforced by their manager, which is ideal. But if they understand the levels of a quality sales call, if they walk out of each call and say, that was a level two call, um, here's what I need to do to make a level four and five, that alone is so critically important because not only do you learn the levels, but you learn what skills are required in order to, you know, at, at each level in order to effectively um, be at each, each individual level. So that would be my advice is, is to, um, you know, leaders focus on leaders first, or even larger corporations focus on your leadership first. It will drive results for sure. And then, and then you can, you know, as leaders, you can focus on the skills where people need help and, and um, provide them tools to get there. And, and we provide tools to do that, but you, you can, there's a lot of things you can do there. And salespeople, under, think of those five levels and think about each of your calls and where you, where you were. The thought of that, of that looking after, that thinking about it afterwards uh, and self assessing. It makes all the difference. Oh, it's so wonderfully said. I, I love where you said leadership first. Like it starts there. That that sets the theme. That sets the tone. That is where the direction comes from. And you're right. I, I mean, great sales organizations aren't great because I've got great salespeople alone. They're great because I've got great sales coaches in the field and, and helping grow the team, working with the rock stars, developing the next wave and, and like assessing whether... They've got the right at, at, at the lower end as well and looking to train and develop those people. Uh, and I like what you said too about the skills, David. Fewer is greater. Don't, don't give yourself 40 things at once to try and drink and, and, and consume. Like pick two or three that will make a measurable difference for you short term. And then, okay, practice that, get good at it, make it behavior and then fine tune and assess your game ongoing. Uh, I like what you said about the salespeople, you know, Come out of the call, and we've all done that. We all know we've had a good call, and we've had a not so good call. So I love what you said about put it on the on the grid. Was it was I a visitor or was I a value creator? Like where did you level up on that? And you know that'll help give you some keys to the car in terms of how to make improvement. 
Uh, David, like fantastic, fantastic wisdom. Um, so David, yeah, before we let, go ahead, please, please, we, David, go we, ahead. We were just talking before this call about the fact that uh, some of our learnings are when we, when we fail, when things don't go right. And, and I, I don't know, that, that hits me the hardest. <laughs> something went wrong. I lost a big deal or, or, or something happened. That's, that's where I learn. I just need to reflect on it. Yes, I, I know. And some of us sweep it under the rug, right? It's like, oh, it's not an opportunity to learn. That's just bad. I, they were terrible. Like, they didn't like me or they blame it on something. Typically yeah. not themselves, right? Not themselves. But instead of, you know, getting through the emotion of it, but at the same time, allowing yourself to learn, even if you've been doing this successfully for 20, 30 years, we're all still learning. So give your opportunity to, to learn. Give yourself that opportunity to learn from our losses. That's the biggest university you'll ever go to, loss.u, right? That's, that's where <laughs> we learn the most. There's, there's no question. Before we let you go, David, again, thank you. How can our, because I know you scratched the heads of many, not just salespeople, sales leaders today. How can our listeners reach out to get a hold of you, get your hands on one of your four books? How can they best go about that? Uh, Ian, I'll give my contact information here, but I would like to offer for everybody on this call or this podcast who made it 30 minutes in, <laughs> I would like to offer you a complimentary copy of our book. Uh, it just send me an email. Just send it to David at level5selling.com. Spell it all out. So F-I-V-E, level5selling.com. David at level5selling.com. I will just say, hey, I heard you on Ian's podcast. Uh, can you please send me a copy of the book? I'll send you a copy of the level five coaching system book. You'll get level five selling and the, uh, the coaching portion of it too. And I think that you'll, you'll really enjoy that. Also, Ian, anybody on this call, I, I'm also happy to, to connect with you and, uh, just share with you the levels in a little bit more detail and provide you a complimentary Salesforce assessment. So just let me know. Just put an email at david at level five selling.com. That's fantastic. David, that's so very generous listeners. Please take him up on this. I, I fully endorse David and his partner, John. They've got some of the most impressive, you know, time-tested methodology and, and ideas. Like, folks, take him up on it. Seriously. I'm going to. So you should as well. Uh, listen, uh, again, David, my, my very special guest this week, David Pearson, CEO 115 Selling in San Diego, California. David, thank you sincerely on behalf of the listeners and myself for taking the time and sharing such amazing wisdom today, my friend. Thanks, Ian. I always love spending time with you. And I absolutely endorse Ian Selby also. <laughs> Appreciate it, Ian. Lovely. We're part of the mutual fan club. There we go. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. Thank you. That's it. And thank you all for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons. More wins. With Ian Selby.